You are now tuned in to episode 173 of the Midwest Angler Podcast, brought to you by Sturman Western Wear and Tack. Whether you're heading to your local rodeo or your favorite local watering hole, they got you covered. Whether you're looking for pig and strings or other cowboy things, get a hold of Scott at Sturman Western Wear and Tack. Scott, how you doing today? <laughs> Not too bad. That was good. I went straight up rodeo. That that, was... that, that's brought to you by my brother, Mike. We were fishing the other day, and he, all of a sudden he goes, you think I could get that at, West, at Sturman Western Wear and Tack? And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, you got to start off like that. So That was good. That was really good because, uh, you know, before we started, Matt's like, I got the intro today. You're and I looked at me like, I, oh, all right. I should have known, like, this dude's got something up his sleeve. But, you know, I mean, it, it's always been. Welcome to episode 173. I'm Scott Sturman, joined by Matt Deitch. What's going on, Matt? And it's always been that way. And, uh. I don't know. The the fact that you're given that good of intros, you might have just earned yourself a job. <laughs> Full-time intro man. <laughs> Got to get those sponsors out of the way, you know. You I didn't mean, that's you didn't first... you didn't fumble, you didn't I mean that oh, I was, was straight radio on that you was right there. That bulletproof. Was, that was I didn't that even have to write it down or nothing like that. Although I've been thinking about it for a while, so God dang it, Sturman's Western wear and tack like that. <laughs> If I can't be a rancher, I might as well own a Western store because I I just got to do something. Pearl snaps and cowboy hats. That's, what you need? That's that's the only two things we're selling. That's the only th- two things. I mean, if you're not into cowboy hats or pearl snaps, well, well, go on down to the boot barn, punk. Yeah, you're just a poser. Then. Yeah, you ain't no cowboy. You ain't no cowboy. You don't shop at Sturman's Western Wear Tack. You ain't no cowboy. Oh man. Uh, super punchers only. <laughs> super punchers only. Uh, no, Matt. Uh, How was your Memorial Day weekend? It was good. It was good. Uh, um, so my parents actually, uh, um, they've they've had a house up at Okaboji for a long time, and uh, um, they uh, they sold it. They they actually had some people approach them, and uh, so they showed it to to one. Well, it's actually a single dude. Amazing enough. I don't know what he wants a seven-bedroom house for, but uh, he, he pulled it off. But uh, then all of a sudden, some other people kind of heard that it was for sale, and they never actually listed it. It was just uh, one of those deals where um, it was it was for sale if the right people wanted it, and the price was right. And um, I, I don't know. Apparently, the price was right because uh, mom and dad let it go. And uh, so, yeah, it all happened kind of fast. Uh, you know, you went from not even knowing that your, uh, you know, the lake house that you spend most of your weekends in the summer uh, is for sale to all of a sudden it being for sale. And um, so, yeah, like I said, it, it all happened pretty fast. And uh, um, this weekend, this coming weekend is our is the is the last weekend in there. So this uh-huh. last weekend, um, uh, we. Uh, spent a lot of time packing up, uh, packing up trailers and whatnot. And, uh, there's still more to pack. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, they got a different place over there. And so, um, it, uh, it's, it's a big downsize for now, but, uh, um, they're actually going to be tipping that place over. Actually, I think they had a neighbor come and say that he'd, he'd want it. So, uh, I think they might be moving it, whatever. I don't know what the heck's going on, but, uh, um, yeah, so they're going to be hopefully building a new house over there. So yeah, I don't know. That'll be, that'll be good. Yeah. It's a step backwards for the year, but uh, I think a big step forward because yeah, it's on new po- memories. It's now. on Pocahontas point Ooh. and right there on Emerson Bay. So uh, 
I don't know. Grady Grady doesn't believe me that the fishing can get any better, but I think big bass I think, and bikinis. I think yeah. <laughs> Grady's gonna. That's enjoy all I'm really morning. after. That's all I'm really after. Bluegills, bass, and bikinis. I should get a freaking hat. <laughs> the three Bs. <laughs> yeah. That's all you came yeah. there for. Yeah, that's right. There's there's the three Fs and there's the three Bs. <laughs> no. Uh, nope. Uh, yours. Oh yeah, we got out fishing, man. We got after the crappies the other day. Did so. good, didn't you? Yeah, we did. It took us a while. Water was a little cold. It was windy when we got there, and uh, we just kind of kept working an area. We knew there was a rock pile there, and it just had that feeling that we'd catch one every once in a while, and it's like you could just tell that they're ready just to go. And it seemed like as soon as that water hit 62 degrees, boom, boom. It just uh, – Dad and I caught a double, and it was like, whoa, here we go. And you know how – it's crazy how you're just like, oh, are we going to catch like one? Then it's going to be – it's like, can we catch two? And the next thing you know, all of a sudden you catch up, you start catching them, and all of a sudden you're just like, okay, we need to stop and count to make sure we have enough, yep, yep. or we have, you know, where we're at here. And yeah, we counted, and we were like two away from having a three man limit. So really? it's just like, well, it's a good thing we stopped and counted. And, yep. and you know, after that, we got a little bit pickier and stuff yep. like that. But they were all really nice, really nice ones. Nothing super huge as far as you know, crappies go. I think our biggest one was a little over twelve. Okay. And uh, most of them were over 10, so right in that perfect size right there. I mean, we threw a lot of under 10s back, you know, the, the, some 9-inchers. and you Mike and, you, Mike, and your dad? Yep. Well, yep. at least he didn't so, have Brant. That makes for the, a decent The funniest day. thing was at the same time, Dad and I broke off the one time on rock. So Mike was left there. Like, you could tell how nervous he was. He's like, oh, crap. Because we were catching him, you know. He's like, oh, crap. Now the pre- he goes, the pressure's not on or anything. We're like, hey. Come on, man. You got to get it done. I think that's when we were at like 28 or something really? like that. So it's like, give her hell, Mike. Give her hell. It's all up to you, Mike. <laughs> so no, it was fun. I uh, ended up trolling back to the ramp and dad caught a 16 inch walleye doing that. Nice. Not much after we started trolling. So no, it was, a, it was a fun day out there fishing. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, one thing that I want to talk about uh, quick uh, the shoreline cleanup, um, I'd say basically we're wrapped up on that. Um, obviously, we're we're coming uh, a couple days late here on this episode, and uh, I, I really wanted to kind of, um, you know, maybe do the drawing live on this episode, whatever, um, but uh, that just flat out wasn't in the cards with, uh, I don't know, got busy, uh, um, you know, the holiday weekend, and uh, uh, yeah, then we had a couple nights in there that uh yeah me and matt just kind of had some other stuff going on yep. but uh um yeah we will i i'd say either we're gonna do the drawing this coming weekend or we'll do it on this next episode or whatever but uh um i gotta sit down and and go through all the facebook messages all the text messages and uh um the people that commented and and get everyone's name together and uh um kind of get the whole the total prize package put together yep and i'd like to kind of do a uh you know uh um maybe a count on how many bags of garbage were actually picked up or do a little something like that um i think it might actually and, and maybe i'm wrong but it might be surprising how many bags were actually picked up you know you yeah i don't know you you get you know and, 20, 20 people you know all picking up two three bags and you know that's a that's a lot of bags of trash oh definitely i mean one bag is a great bag let alone how many you know pictures that we got sent in so yeah it was awesome yep and uh yeah we we could we could just be like yeah we had 20 tons of garbage and people ain't gonna fact check us so right right you can't (laughs) fact check us you can't do it you can't do it but uh yeah as matt as matt mentioned uh we got a lot of really really cool prizes um uh 
I don't know if we're up to three or four hundred dollar Dakota Angler gift cards. We got some uh, Ace Hardware matching bucks or, or something like that uh, from Tut Outdoors. We got some Cold Snap stuff. So um, yeah, I think uh, there'll be enough prizes to go around to uh, quite a few people, and uh, I don't know. I think it'll. It'll be fun to, to get that together and put that to rest and, uh, yeah, then move on. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking, like, for, for what this was, those, those were pretty damn cool prizes. And uh, have, have, you ever, have you ever been, Matt, uh, in a contest or something like that where the prizes did just really suck? Or have you ever seen a raffle? Uh, the, the, today I was listening to Luke Combs and, you know, when it rains it pours. And in and in that song, he talks about winning. He he spent five bucks at the Moose Club raffle, won a used four wheeler and three free passes for him and two of his buddies to play a round of golf or something like that. Right. Like you know, a used four wheeler. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, that's what I'm talking about. Like you know, maybe maybe we're overthinking it. Like you know, maybe. Maybe the next maybe, time maybe, we do a, like, a Midwest Angler podcast deal, like you know, why don't you clean out? clean out your closet and see yeah. if somebody wants an old, you know, an old, <laughs> an old t-shirt yeah. <laughs> used by Matt Dynegy, you know, whatever. Wait till one of the towns has junk bays and drive around and be like, we got a used twin bicycle. There, there was, a, there, there, there was a freaking uh, an elliptical at my neighbor or oh, at my man. parents' neighbor's we house. We like, need to just like anti- mega moat the crap out of something. We that, need to go find something like that. And that would be fun. Throw I'll get out. Find any fishing related sticker that we can find and throw it on there. Yep. I don't know. I think uh, uh, every once in a while you get into one of those deals. Um, you know, you you and I and Ramrod and Eric and whatnot, uh, uh, we were at a banquet here a while back, and I won't name the banquet, but uh, one of the other guys at our table ended up winning us some door door prize or whatever, and he went up there, and it was uh, not not a cordless drill. We're talking a corded <laughs> drill. This, is, this has got to be 20, 25 years old. And, uh, it was, it was a drill that still, you know, plugged into a regular wall outlet. And, uh, the box was like sun faded, <laughs> right. like it had been on somebody's shelf in some hardware store and probably set out, you know, in the, uh, you know, 95% off table and, and for quite some yeah, time. And, and, you know, I don't know, somebody from this organization came in and said, Hey, you want to donate anything to, uh, to this banquet? And the guy we probably looked around and was like, oh, my God. I got a, uh, I got a pack of gum with two missing and I got this drill here. What do you think about that? <laughs> got an expired two liter of Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you can have that stuff. And I don't know. I just, uh, um, I actually, I did a little research and, uh, um, came up with two other stories about, uh, some, some pretty wild raffle winners, but you, you got anything, Matt? I do. I, there's a local like community club around here that, had a gun raffle not too long ago, and uh, uh, some people I know actually ended up winning a gun, and, you know, they got it, and they got to start to looking at it a little bit, and it's just like, this gun isn't new. It's no. A, it's a used gun. No. It, oh, yeah. It was a used gun. <laughs> they they want a used gun Did- off, of, off the raffle. Well, they're like, well, okay, you know, it's like, there's no way, and the people of the, of the community club were like, no, we, we're going to make this right because you can definitely tell that this, I mean, this gun is not, we talked in like yeah. rusty barrel and like there stuffs was, on the stock. You know, there, it wasn't in pristine condition. We'll just say that like you would expect with 
winning a new gun from a gun raffle. Now, when they bought the tickets, did it say brand new gun or did it just, it just say a new? I just think it said a new gun or no, just it said, probably just said uh, a gun, you know, a, right. a, a Remington 870. Uh, right. And uh, <laughs> you don't know. It, yeah. Right? I mean, that's it, it brand new in 1983. Yeah, we, <laughs> that's not falsely represented. You just <laughs> only use this two and three quarter inch shells. You didn't read the fine print. So, no, I just kind of got a kick out of that. And then I think they ended up going back and they're like, you know, no, we're going to make it right. They're like, well, what do you want? Would you rather have this or that? So he's like, okay, we'll get this. So he got that and ended up being a left-handed gun instead of, it's just kind of <laughs> like a, a whole debacle right there. And it's just like, oh, wow. And I think there was a couple, there might've been another gun that was kind of a gun that was one on a previous raffle of a like a banquet and stuff like that. So, I mean, Daisy, just kinda... <laughs> Daisy Red Rider ended up being pink. <laughs> right. So it just, you know, crazy stuff like that. I mean, I think we've all been, I think we've all been there before, like where we're at a raffle and it's like, you don't care what you win just as long as you can say you won. You know, th- there is, there is that, that, uh, you know, especially the door prizes and whatnot. Uh, uh, you know, you, you get into some of these tournaments and, and, you know, everyone gets a door prize or, or, you know, some of these banquets and whatnot, and everyone gets a door prize. And, you know, you, you get down there and, and you walk up there and it's like, how dang it. Like, well, I could pick this up and I can go home and throw it away. Or, or just, <laughs> right. you know, like, have you ever won anything that you're just like, no, <laughs> I'm just going to leave this on the table and somebody can pick this thing up. <laughs> I, mean, I think, I think sometimes you might just go up to the table and give it a good scan. And it's like, Nah, you know what? I think, you know, like, oh, Scott, you forgot your prize. <laughs> I think, I don't think that was my number. <laughs> my bad. But, but have you ever done that? Or do you always feel obligated to take the prize since you won? I don't know that I've ever, you know, I don't know that I've ever, uh, won something that, I, I you know, I, I'm not lucky. I've never been the first place guy, you know, in, in raffles and whatnot, but, uh, you know, normally I'm somewhere in the middle and, and, uh, everything that I get, it's like, oh yeah, you know, that, yeah. you know, it's not, uh, I, I don't know. Like I can think I, I was towards the end, um, in the Oak Hill outdoor ice fishing, uh, tournament here a year or two ago. And I got up there and, and there was like this little strike master cooler. And it, I mean, it was big enough for like two pop cans. And, and so that was like one of the last things up on the, up on the, table and it was like well yeah i guess i'll take that and you know i kind of brought it back and i'm like what in god's name am i ever going to use this thing for like i'm, I'm not a drinker you know right. so so i'm not going to throw two cans of beer in there and bring them out to the ice shack and uh but honestly i've, I've really I, I started putting my uh uh cordless drill batteries in there yeah and you know it, it keeps yeah. them you know keeps them warm you know throw a couple hand warmers in there uh i've used it to to Toad around some wax worms and whatnot, yeah. you know, in between spots that they don't freeze. If you're hole hopping, you know, you, you don't leave them out there. And uh, that little cooler has, I mean, really, for, for something that when I got it, it was like, Kelly, you know, I, I just don't really think I'm ever going to use it. It's a, I, I don't know, it's pretty damn slick <laughs> to have. It doesn't take up a lot of room. It's really like one of those Yeti hopper coolers. Yep. Except many, you know what, you oh, know yeah. the one yep. I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah so I, I don't know. I, I really, uh, you know, for something that I didn't think I was going to want, I, I, you know, actually really, uh, really do like it. Cause it, it was that and, you know, a couple hats and whatnot. And I don't know, I've got, 
I've got a freaking closet so full of hats. I I don't ever need another hat. And guess what? I'll probably get another hat by the end of the week. So uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm a hat guy, but I end up wearing the exact same hat all the what, time. What about when we were at that banquet this year and they had that youth raffle for BB guns, and they were all like the same BB guns. Like maybe the first two were like something different, but the rest of them were all like the same BB guns. And they had enough for every kid that was up there. But, like, kids were, like, getting disappointed when their numbers weren't getting called. And they're, like, looking over there, like, oh, they're almost out. Like, oh, God, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to get one. And finally, like, the last kid gets called. And he's like, yes. Like, yes, I won. And it's just like, yeah. And it's like, well, they had, like, four more. <laughs> like, you're going to win no matter what. But it's just like, you don't want to be the last person called. Yep. <laughs> you know, one time I was uh, I was at a Pheasants Forever deal over in Alvord, Iowa. And, uh, um I don't know. It was, I don't even know what the heck they called it. Like a, a pheasants forever youth day or something like that. And they had archery set up and I think it it was held at the Elvord gun club. And I think they might've had a little 22 shooting and, and, uh, you know, just a bunch of stuff for kids to get outdoors, you know, maybe a casting contest and whatever. And, uh, at the end of the day, they had a, um, they had a deal where, Every kid got to go inside the gun club, and they had a bunch of tables all set up. And and Greg Harson, uh, he's a he, he used to be our local conservation officer, and now he's actually a I don't know supervisor for the Iowa DNR. I mean, he's down in Des Moines all the time. Still lives up here in the area, but uh, whatever. So Greg was you know kind of running the show, and uh, he did one of the coolest things I've actually ever seen. He um like I said, inside the gun club were tables set up with all these prizes on it. And Greg would not let parents go in there with the kids that when your number is called, you walk in there and there's not going to be any parents coaching kids on what to grab. That kid's going to go in there and grab what they wanted. And I kid you not, man. Like, I mean, we're talking about kids between the age of, you know, six and 12, something like that. And Greg started calling these numbers and, and sending kids in. And I mean, they had like two, maybe two twenty-twos and like one twelve gauge or something in there. And I bet you that twenty-twos and twelve gauges didn't get brought out until like the tenth kid. Yeah. Like I mean, there is kids going in there and you know picking some little three-dollar toy off the table. And I mean, they walk out and they are just mega jacked. Oh, I know. Like mega jacked. And I'm like, you know what? Like that's what it's all about. Like I don't know. It was it was just cool to watch those kids come out and you know they. They picked what they wanted, and, and in their heart, that's what they wanted. And you know, it was almost it was almost comical to watch the disappointment in some of those dads' face. You know, as the kids come walking back out, and it's like, you know, there's right. a gun in there, like you freaking moron, like it's two hundred dollar gun, like get the over yourself. Yeah. But you know, like whatever, dude. But I, and, I don't and, know. And kudos, I, I, and kudos to the parents that like are like all that you know like are pumped for like what the kid picked right. out and it's right. not like like you can visibly like you said you can tell that they're disappointed oh yeah yeah oh yeah and they're just like uh you picked the pink red daisy yeah. red rider bb gun yeah you know and, and i mean you know they weren't they weren't top of the line shotguns they're not top of the line 22s you know i mean they're you know a marlin bolt action 22 that you can probably buy for 225 dollars uh, maybe not anymore right. but you know at the time you know at, at your local hardware store or whatever nice gun good gun for a kid you know whatever but uh um i don't know i just i i thought that was really pretty cool that that greg did that but um, that's the and that's the way it should be at those absolutely like, absolutely you, you see it a lot where a parent will be like 
you know, they're going up there and all of a sudden the kid will grab something. They'll be like, no, 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 no. Go back there. Get that <laughs> one. Get this that way. One. This way. Or they walk up there and they, or they'll walk up there with their kid because they're like, oh, yeah, yeah he does. Got to supervise him like, to make sure no predators like, are up there. Yeah, it's like, uh. Yeah, do you want that one or do you want this one over here? Right. This, this one. And it's just like just let him go up there and. Pick yeah, you haven't me. paid attention to your kid in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> let him go pick what he wants. Right. No, no, that's awesome. That like with a situation like that, that Greg did that. Yeah, and, and Greg's just yeah, like I How said. How about on the other side of being like part of a committee and you're going up and asking for prizes? Like I used to be I, part of the Ducks Unlimited. No way. Down here and like I go in, you go into like these business and be like, hey, you know, we're doing this like is like we'll take anything like for our general auction and stuff like that do you what are you thinking and stuff and people <laughs> like they're giving you stuff and you're just like okay a legal pad all right like they're just like going like oh here's a stapler okay like well can, how about some staplers can we get some staples to go with it or something like that? i mean you're thank grateful that they're giving you prizes but i think sometimes some of them are probably just like here comes that ditch again let's see like, right. watch this go get some popsicles out of the freezer we'll give them some popsicles they open up their desk drawer and and uh Pull a, pull a wad of pens with a rubber band around them. Like, yeah, that one looks pretty new. How about that one? <laughs> half use <laughs> pen. Make sure it says my my business name on it. <laughs> oh, man. No. And, and you know, I mean, obviously, any donation is better than nothing, whatever. Yep. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd be the type of dude that, you know, if, if they ever told me, like, yeah, you got to go out and get, you know, $200 of donations, like, <laughs> 20 bucks says i'm just giving you 200 bucks <laughs> and like i'm not no way in hell am i going door to door that's that's tough that's i i know you know not jeremy k my neighbor used to be a, a race car driver and he, he absolutely flat out like would not do it like he right. would not go and look for sponsors. sponsors like he was totally self-funded and uh you know Jer- jeremy works uh um with me and uh my mom came out there and asked him one time like hey jeremy you racing and and jeremy's like oh yeah yeah i'm still racing this year and she's like well you know what about a sponsorship not he wasn't gonna he wasn't (laughs) gonna ask like so i think he had three sponsors on his race car and i i'm sure every single one of those was people that approached him was like hey jeremy you know we doing that again this year but uh, that's that's just the type of dude jeremy is too so uh moving along uh matt matt would you rather catch one big fish or, or 10, 10 average fish? I, I know we've talked about this before, but, uh, you know, this kind of leads into some other stuff. Uh, I guess sometimes it depends on the day. Sometimes you're in the mood of like, you're just going out after like one big fish and other times you're just like, you know what? I just want to, you know, catch a, I mean, catch a bunch of them at, and at different parts of the day, I think everybody always goes out there with the intention of like, I want to catch the biggest fish I've ever caught. I think I'm always like that. But then, but then you always get to a certain point in the day where you're just like, I'll freaking catch a one pounder right now. I don't right. care anymore. And all of a sudden you catch like two or three of those and you're like, all right, all right. You know, you're starting to get the feel, but then all of a sudden then you like, get greedy again. Then all of a sudden you're right back to, oh, this sucks. Like, again, like I said, just a little bit ago when we were fishing the other day, we're just like, no, oh, catch one, you catch two. And it's like, you're getting to that point. I'm like, well, you know what? It's about time to leave. Like, yeah, you, you're, you're something's got to happen or we're out of here. Then all of a sudden, boom, you go. And it's just like, oh, all right, you know, and stuff. And I think that's kind of how it goes with me. I mean, I think everybody always goes out there with the attentions of, 
catching a big fish. And if they if they're like, no, I don't do that. I just going out there to get some stuff for the for the fillet ta- for the fillet table, you know, and stuff yeah, like for the cleaning table. It's just like, shut up. Went out going, there just to get a meal. I don't yeah. care about none. Yeah, you're an idiot. You yeah. just haven't caught a big fish yet. I should be saying that because I haven't caught a big fish. But uh. <laughs> so that's where what I'm sitting at. Where do you think Craig Oiler is? Uh, I'm gonna go. Well, you keep seeing those pictures of those big lake trout all the time. So going I, going yeah. one big one. That's yeah. that's where I'm at. You want to know how we can find out? Craigie XL. That's why I mean. Craigie XL. Yeah, it's not Craigie. It's not Craigie Craig medium. <laughs> it should be Craigie Smalls. Craigie Smalls. Craigie Smalls. Oh my <laughs> there god. Go. Oh my <laughs> the, the, the notorious B R I A N and Craigie Smalls. Can we? Can you know? The Some notorious B Cav and <laughs> Craigie Smalls. Scott Brower has got the regular Craigie, and he's got the Craigie XL. We need mini Craggies. We need the Craggie Smalls. <laughs> Little Craggie. Oh God! There we go, Craggie, Craggie Smalls. Smalls. I love it. Yeah, that's. I think we. I, yeah, we better that, ask him. Yep, yep. Let's uh, let's get him on the phone, and uh, we'll we'll find out for ourselves. Hey, Craig, what's going on, dude? Hey, what's going on, boys? Just living the dream. <laughs> Is it a dream? I, you know, I'm trying to decide if if we're stuck in a nightmare or if it's if there's parts of it that's a dream. I don't know. I just it's crazy. I I actually feel like I'm starting to become that old man that we always talked to when we were kids that was always grumpy and had negative things to say. I, I think oh, I'm man. becoming him. Really? I think we all yeah. do it. As, as at some point during the season, I think that we all do. Did you did you yell at did you yell at a neighbor kid? No, no, I'm not that guy. Yet. Okay, oh, somebody, yeah, somebody wasn't know, on but... your yard. <laughs> Get off my yard. <laughs> no, definitely not that guy yet. No, I just every time I talk to people, it's like oh, I just complain about how busy I am at work and just not getting out fishing enough. You know, just negative stuff. And I'm trying not to be that guy, but I don't know. Hopefully, I can stop it from getting much worse. No, I I know I know what you're talking about. I mean, it's, we just ended the school year, so you know, towards the end of the school year, you kind of start getting that way, and everybody and everything kind of irritates you a little bit, and you just kind of kind of got to step back and kind of put yourself in check and be like, "Whoa, ease up here a little bit." Yeah, I think I just need some need some time off. Just we're it's just crazy, you know. The construction world is well, yeah. Boring. I don't know if it is for you guys out there, but is absolutely insane right now and and yeah you hate turning work away but we're getting to the point where we just tell people you know it'll be two years before we can even look at that so did you see just wild did you see rapid city is going to get a new beef packing plant that's going to kill like eight thousand a day and employ like 2500 people yeah that's wild that's as big as our town yeah yeah yeah, and and that's what we need is some taking more employees because we're having a hard enough time finding. Oh, see here, I I'm going being negative again. I gotta stop doing this, but I, I mean it's a hard enough time finding people that are willing to work, and now you got someone that's gonna come in and take twenty five hundred more employees out of the market. So right, the only good thing about it is it is an American owned beef packing plant, and uh, uh, it's not owned by Brazilians or Chinese people, and. Uh, um, you know, it, it's uh, the the. I'm I'm not going to get into politics, but the Chinese and the Brazilian uh, people own almost all the packing places, and and it is a good thing to to have some American owned again. 
Yeah, I, I'm definitely more. It, it's more of a positive than a negative for right. coming in. So um, I, I'm not complaining, but it's just. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully talking to a couple of dirtbags from northwest Iowa will set the positivity. <laughs> it's been the right well, way. God, before well, we, before be, we started recording, you seemed like he was in a good mood, and all of a sudden he just realized that, oh, God. I'm he's going to be right. again. Yeah. I feel, yeah, I feel I, bad I, for I was, Go ahead. I was going to say I feel bad for your family and your coworkers tomorrow because I mean you were in a bad mood going into this and now it's going about to get really bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was in a great mood until I seen Matt Deitch's name show up on my phone. I thought, oh god, here we go. <laughs> well, I have that effect on people. It's it's all good. I get there it. There you go. No, I'll joke inside. Uh, life is good, boys. I. Uh, um, Looking forward to summer. I, I, I don't know. I, the older I get, the more I enjoy the nicer weather, and and really, really glad summer's starting to show its head a little bit. So yeah, a little bit. Yeah. No. Uh, you guys, what, what do you prefer? What like what's your favorite time of year? Like for fishing, just outdoor activities in general. Is are you fall guys or, or what do you think? Ooh, that's yeah. That's like for fishing wise, I enjoy like the early summer fishing wise, and then you know you you just still can't go wrong with the fall. I yeah, mean, a nice fall day, I guess, is what I would take. Fish fishing wise, I like this right now. Uh, just pure weather wise, late September. Yeah, late September. Yeah, I... Jeans and a t shirt during the day. Throw a hoodie on at night. Good to go. I, I truly, that's where I absolutely love living in the Black Hills is because, you know, we we really do have the best of every season out here. Our, our temperatures just, you know, it, it fluctuates so much through, from season to season. And I, I love every one of them. And I, uh, I am always looking forward to the next one, too, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm good with with what we got going on you know i i do i love the hot weather and i i love the fall and you know i love the winter time ice fishing and everything so oh, yeah yeah i love it all pretty fortunate i guess yeah quit being a bragger we got you on here to talk fish and not talk about how good you got it okay i was gonna well, say I, out I there got my complaint got my complaining out of the way now i gotta got to bring myself back up you know yeah. so. that you know you explaining the weather out there in the black hills sounds like a sunday it doesn't sound like <laughs> seasons i mean it's kind of a daily yeah, really. kind of a daily thing it's like oh yeah it's 90 degrees today and we're supposed to get 12 inches of snow tomorrow so yeah yeah plenty of that too for sure now craig uh before we before we gave you a call uh me and matt were discussing uh, and, and I think I know your answer here, but uh, would you rather catch one big fish or ten average fish? I'm going for that big fish. I, I And I don't even care what species it is. Uh, I just, I don't know, something about the fight. I, I 100% agree. I You know, and, and even not necessarily even the fight. I just, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm, I'm after trophies, I guess. And uh, um I just I I want that picture. <laughs> I'm fine with throwing it back. That's that's good enough for me. But I I don't know if there is truly a number of of average fish. You know, Matt and I were talking. You know, I I asked you ten average fish. I mean, would you would you rather have a day at two hundred and fifty average fish? 
versus one big one, or, or would you still take the one big one? I, I guess that could almost be species dependent because, you know, thinking lake trout, your average fish is going to be 24 inches. So if I can catch 25 of them over one 30 pounder, um, I mean, I guess it depends on how many 30-pounders I've caught before that. Right. You, you know, if it's a 20-pounder, I'd probably take the 10, 25-inch fish over one 20-pound fish um, just because those 25-inch lake trout bite just pretty dang good, too. So, yeah. so I'm definitely not going to turn that down. But yeah. uh, if we're talking walleyes where it's, you know, one 8-pound walleye over – 10, 20, 18 inches. Yeah, I'm taking that eight pounder all day. Yeah. Do you, do you, are you the guy that believes you got to throw bigger baits for bigger fish? No. You've seen what I fish them lake trout with. Right. But I mean, so, relatively, I mean, compared to what you're going to fish a, a rainbow trout with, that is bigger, right? Not necessarily. No. I mean, really? around jig and a, two-inch plastic bait that's that'll catch about everything in pactola we've got bluegills on them before really yeah you know matt matt and i were kind of talking earlier fishing over at okaboji in that clear water there, there's been a million times where you're sitting there jigging a little tiny tungsten jig and and these big northerns and muskies come by and and it's like they don't even see your jig they'll just run right into it and it'll you know, scrape along their side all the way and, you know, they just keep on moving. And it, and it kind of makes you wonder if, if you had a five inch chub down there, would they have gone for it or are they just totally not in the mood? You know, a lot of these bass fishing guys and a lot of these, you know, walleye guys that are throwing baits at them are, are starting to really go after that bigger baits for bigger fish. But when I look back at some of the biggest fish I've ever caught, they came on small baits, so I is that just the luck of the? I, I don't know. What what do you think, Matt? I, you know, there's times where the bigger bait, bigger fish play, but like Craig said, I mean, there's been plenty of times where I've been out musky fishing, and you end up catching like a 18 inch smallmouth. Like they'll come up there and you know eat a 12 inch bait, and it's just like how oh, in the heck? But I mean, even like Craig said too. Like we're down at the river here throwing maybe a four inch swim bait for smallmouth, and you catch a ten inch, ten incher. It's just like it's like what were you thinking? I mean, so, I mean, I, I think both of them come into play. I guess it's probably the mood of the fish a lot of the time. That what you think, I Craig? Think, uh, well, I think when it comes to bait presentation, uh, shape matters so much more than size because of that very reason i mean how many times have you caught a perch that there's no way it could physically eat what you're throwing and it, it just i think they associate a shape to it and they just like yep that's what i'm gonna eat and they they have no clue i don't know if it's they don't have a depth perception or if they just don't know and that's even like that mysis shrimp bait the the craigie you know it's it looks like a mysis shrimp but it's 10 times bigger than what any mysis shrimp really is but those fish delete it because I, I just i firmly believe that the shape matters more than than size and i think it matters more than color too you know as long as it's a decent shape then then you know obviously color and size does come into play eventually but i think first and foremost it's the shape 
I think you might be onto something. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that there's any similarities between fishing and goose hunting, but uh, we we know the Bigfoot decoys. You know, I mean, those things are two and a half times the size of you know, well, I don't know, two times the size of an average goose. And then there's even people that have big, huge goose deals that they actually, like their layout blind is a goose, big enough for people to get in, and they're still shooting geese. So so maybe it's, maybe that is something with animals that it's like, oh yeah, that's it. And they don't, they don't really even pay attention to, to size. It's just strictly the look of it. Well, even look at turkey hunting. The, most of the decoys don't really look like a turkey, but they have the shape of a turkey and, and I, I you know, turkeys have some of the best eyesight of any wild game species there is. And, and I mean, I can see from a hundred yards if it's a decoy or not, but they'll come running in looking at it. And <laughs> I, I just think that shape matters more than anything. I, and maybe it's just that cognitive thinking where they just, they don't, they see a shape and they're like, well, it must be what it is. Even though it doesn't look right, they, they can't process that. It could be anything but what they think it is. Well, I mean, and reaping a turkey is a prime example of that. I mean, all you, I mean here, a 200-pound guy is behind a turkey fan sneaking up sure. on the turkey, and they're just like, all right, let's go, man. It's just like, yeah, I don't look like a 200, or I don't look like a 20-pound turkey. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I've been called a turkey, but I mean. <laughs> do, we, do we give fish and animals too much credit? You know, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that people were literally decoying Canadian geese with old old tires out in, you know, fields. And, and people were taking Clorox bottles and decoying uh, uh, snow geese. And Joe Deitch was taking his socks and putting them on a fence to call in doves. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, maybe, we're, maybe we just flat out give fish more credit, or, or animals in general, more credit than what they deserve. I mean... At the end of the day, like, I mean, these, I, I don't know. We overthink it a lot. Absolutely, we overthink it. But I wondered, though, um, if a person went back to some of those old styles, if it would work, or have we educated them? And so we naturally just evolved with, with educating those species, so we got to get better at tricking them. I, I just, you know, it's tough to say. I, I think there is some truth to that too, because you hear a lot of the guys that uh, do a lot of coyote hunting and you know, those rabbit distress calls that came on the Fox pros for 25 years, they're not going out there and using those same calls because those, those coyotes have, have heard those calls and they've busted humans. You know, they've, they've heard it coming out of a, a pickup door. They've, you know, they've been shot at when they heard that exact sound. And, you know, I mean, if, if coyotes are as smart as dogs, I mean, just think about some of the stuff that, you know, regular house dogs can do. I mean, I guess, maybe, I, don't, I don't know, here we are, you know, one second we're saying, ah, you know, they're, we're overthinking it. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe we're not overthinking. Ah, hell, I don't know. Well, an example well, with like fishing though, too, is like we had it this last weekend when we were up there fishing for crappies. I mean, you're using the same thing, you're catching crappies and all of a sudden the bite kind of slows down with that school and it's just like well here change the color or change like change up the from a tube to a twister or something and throw that out there and you throw it out there and your cork just goes straight down as the it hits the water because now you're showing them something different kind of like to go what craig was saying and now all of a sudden it's just like boom 
they're back it fires them back up because right. it's something you know they kind of got used to that shape that you were throwing down there and now you throw something else down there and all of a sudden it's like boom there they go again yep well even along those lines uh scott you remember that video of me catching that brown trout where i'm talking about the leech flutter spoon my favorite video um, of all time well that because of that and in our area i want to say between the rooster shields cabelas and our runnings uh in rapid city we went through like ten thousand leech flutter spoons that in in a two-month time and it, it got to where someone from shields would call me and say hey make a post that shields has leech flutter spoons again and i mean we're just going through them and, and it was a phenomenal bait it caught so many fish out of pactola but then three years later you couldn't hardly catch a fish on a leech flutter spoon I think they just got educated to it. So, and you know, that's when we started selling the Craigies is because the bleach flutter spoon just wasn't producing like it had when we first started fishing. I, I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. We'd have 15, 20 fish days with that flutter spoon. And I truly think it's because they hadn't seen anything like it before. It had the flash, it had that action. And, and, uh, you know, it, it just, they got used to it and gave up on eating them. I, I think. You know, that's crazy that you say that because that has always been the, the smaller version of that has always been my, my rainbow trout bait out in the black Hills. And this year when we went to center and I mean, we're, we're in there with Magnuson and, and Jim Gerard and all, you know, all the glacial lakes dudes and whatnot and hanging out and, and they're just popping them, popping them, popping them. And, and I'm like, you know, what the hell, you know, normally with that bait, you know, I'd drop it down in front of them and it was, you know, it was game on and, uh, I couldn't really get them to go. And at first I was like, wow, I'm just in the wrong spot. Well, then I started kind of bouncing around and, and the Cox boys were along and they kind of are telling me, you know, switch to, I, I don't know. I think it was a gold tungsten or, or something. And I was like, well, all right, you know, I did. And boom, all of a sudden I started catching them, but I mean, I'm not saying I single-handedly wore out Center Lake, but, uh, um, you know, if there's that many of those baits in circulation out there in the Black Hills, uh, you know, it, it's it's not me, but, you know, they've, they've probably seen that before. Probably been I caught by it. it. And maybe not. I don't know. There's a lot of dang fish in that fish. Maybe fishery. you just <laughs> suck at fishing that bait. I don't know. All right. Well, <laughs> Craig Oiler was our guest time. today on episode 173. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Is that what you're up to, 173? Yeah. 173. Yeah, that's higher than you can count. It is. I, I got to get the calculator out to see what's next. Yeah. You better start catching up on past episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and if you were wondering, you haven't been on for 16 episodes. That's how long it's been. That's 16 episodes since Hooked on Hardwater. Wow. Yep. That doesn't sound like many, but it feels like Hooked on Hardwater was a long time ago. It, it, yeah, does, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. <clears throat> well. Wild. Yeah. Uh, Matt Matt and I were talking again earlier, and uh, Matt brought up uh, that he's got a couple boat ramp stories uh, from this past weekend. Craig, you got any crazy boat ramp stories? You got any boat ramp stories at all? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have, like, a crazy one, but I've got one that just really really sticks out in my mind um and i don't think i've told this on the air before but i'll uh i'm gonna say it anyway just because <laughs> it needs to be told um it was probably my second year of having a boat 
I, I, probably my second year of having a boat. Um, we went out on Memorial Day up to Pactola, the, uh, myself, my wife, and the kids, and and we had a pretty good day, but it was busy. I mean, insanely busy. And um, when my my wife dumped me in the water, uh, she took off, and then she ended up calling me, and she's like, "Hey, she put me on on what is called the South Boat Launch," and and she called me, and she's like, "You need to come pick me up over at the marina because there's no parking anywhere close for at the marina." So, so I go over, pick her up at the, or at the bus, there was no parking at the launch. So she parked at the marina. Um, I went and picked her up. We spent the day on the water and it looked like there was a, a bit of a storm coming in. And so I was like, you know what, let's just get out of here. Cause the boat ramp's going to get crazy. Well, it, I, I went, I dropped her off at the marina to get the pickup and she had to, it was probably a mile and a half, two miles that she had to drive to get over to where the boat launch was. And, and so I come around and there was already 10 15 boats in line uh waiting just to drop someone off to go get the vehicle so i was kind of waiting and finally uh aubrey gets to where she's able to back up and so i, I seen her driving and she was going to be next in line so i started motoring up a little bit and i got next to this guy and he yells f you wait your f and turn and i look over at him and i'm like oh you know i've still got just a uh, oil injected two strokes so it's kind of a loud motor but i thought that's what i heard him say so i turned my motor off and i was like what and he goes wait your effing turn you dumbass and so i just left my motor off and i sat in my chair and crossed my arms and i mean i was 15 20 feet away from him and so i just crossed my arms and stared at him and he was kind of grumbling to the passenger in his boat you know these idiots don't know how to do anything at the boat ramp and uh you know, by then, my trailer's in the water, and I just kept staring at the guy. He looks at me and goes, what? I said, well, that's my pickup and trailer. How long do you want me to wait? And he looks at me. He's like, sorry, and then just <laughs> said, go ahead. <laughs> it's like, but it's like, you know, I'm so annoyed by people's lack of patience and just lack of being willing to help someone out. I mean, right. if he would have just said, hey, dude. You know, there's kind of a line here. Do you want to wait your turn? I've been like, you know what? My wife's already backing down. Can I go or something? But, I mean, just to start yelling. And I, mean, I had a three-year-old kid in the boat at the time. It's like, you know, that's just not necessary. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I I luckily have been able to avoid it. And, and my wife has been driving bigger vehicles for her job. So she has... Never had any issues backing the trailer up, and, and Brian and I got it down to a system when we're so we can get in and out pretty quick. So we really haven't had a whole lot of issues. I mean, yeah, there's the people that back their boat down to the water, then they start getting unloading stuff out of the pickup, and I mean it's annoying, but is it the end of the world? Not really. So I try not to get too worked up about it. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's no what doubt about you, that. Matt? Well, so Saturday, my brother and my dad and I, we all went fishing and we pulled up to the ramp that morning and there was only one other boat there, uh, a guy and his wife. And we pulled into this, into the ramp area and there's, there's two ramps there to get, you know, to put in. And you could tell like right when we pulled in that this guy, he had the boat was kind of sideways and stuff. And it was just like, you could tell that they, it was a newer boat and it's like, all right, these guys are just doing it. It's like we'll stay back we won't crowd them or anything like that 
we'll get the our my boat ready to go to put it in and stuff and uh we did that and we'll we we're just kind of sitting there and they ended up pulling around and coming back around and got behind us and they're just like you guys just go ahead you guys look like you're, you're we're like no it's all it's all good man it's like don't worry about it so we were like all right we quick dump my boat in and i went out a little bit and my dad and my brother actually you know the guy came pulling up and my brother went and parked my truck and was coming back so he actually sat there and talked a guy through it you know helping him back down to the to the ramp and put get the boat down close to the water till we knew they were good but like he the guy was talking he's like yeah we he goes i never do this because we only put it in during the season and then take it out at the end of the season because they had a lift on there and you could just tell that he was like it's just like hey man just relax you know it's like we're you're good you know like we just like wanted to encourage him because you could tell like I mean, the worst thing that happens, is, like you said too, is everybody gets everybody starts yelling at the person. Well, we all know how that goes. It doesn't work. Then, then it's going to even be a bigger mess. When you always you that. always screw up the worst when there's an audience, right? Every single time. If if that dude was there by himself, he'd have backed her down perfect. But since <laughs> right. since you and your family were there to watch, that's when that's when things start going western. And and you know, and and at the same aspect, you know, we talk about people that. You know, it, it's nice to help and offer help, but sometimes people don't want the help offered. You know, like you go up there and they're putting in and you're kind of like looking at them and you're just like, whoop, whoop, whoop. And it's like, you know what? Sometimes it's best just to stand back and just let them do it. You know, just let them do it. When we came off the lake that day, then it got really busy, obviously, because it was Memorial Day weekend. And we pulled up there and there was this guy and these two girls putting their pleasure boat in. And it was funny watching them because the one lady was on one side of the boat and the other was on the other side telling them to back down. One's pointing, you got to come this way. And the other one's pointing, you got to come this way. And it's just kind of like, all right. Well, they got the boat into the water. The guy had no clue how to, like, he's like, we just got it this week. He, You know, I don't know, like, anything. And he's he's got the motor way out of the water. My dad's standing on the dock at this point. He's like, well, you know, explaining the tilt and trim to the guy and you know, you could tell that he was starting to get a little antsy because there was a pretty good lineup. And uh, on the other side, there were some people putting a jet ski in, and they had that thing all cockeyed in the water. Like it was all, like it's like just pull ahead a little bit more and then just back it down there. Well, they're sitting there trying to get that thing off the trailer, and they're having the worst time with it. And so my dad's standing there again. He's like, "Okay, you see that little um, latch on the winch there you got to flip that you know you got to crank but then flip that down so that it comes out oh okay and stuff and he's like well now you're gonna have to reach up underneath like they didn't even know how to unhook their jet ski off of the trailer and so they finally do that and they're like well now what dad's like well you're either gonna have to drive it off or you're gonna have to push it off oh all right yeah that's okay it's just like okay in meantime like the other guy on the other side is getting it but through all this so i'm sitting out there waiting in the water as my brother went to get our truck and trailer and here comes this other guy pulling up in a boat and you could kind of tell that he was he just looked crabby you know how you get those kind of looked like a craig is what you're saying <laughs> well i didn't want to say it but <laughs> I was waiting for that. it's kind of like the, the male version of a karen but um <laughs> so like he comes pulling up and he's already throwing his fenders over the side of his boat like i'm gonna go to this side of that ramp and stuff and it's just him and his wife in there it's just like okay but there's like a line of like four boats up there and like my brother's come with our trailer it's like dude you might have to wait out here for a little bit you know to because he's gonna have to obviously tie up there and now that's gonna tie up that and it all happens because we all need to you know 
we've all been there where we're unloading and loading by ourselves. So my brother comes wheeling in and I go pulling up to that, you know, he backs in where that guy wanted to go. And that guy kind of looked at me like, well, what the hell are you doing? It's just like, give me 20 seconds and we'll be out of your way. So we pull out. I mean, there's a lot going on today on that day. We get, I go up there, drive up on the ramp, hook it up. We go, we get out. Well, like I said, there's a line of like four or five people waiting, and it's a one-way drive to come into the ramp. Here's some dude comes from the other way, and he just comes in from the non-other comes pulling right up there as somebody else pulls out. He whips it around, backs his boat right up there. It's just like, oh, my God. My brother and I just sat over in my boat like, this could get interesting here. But nobody said anything, so really? that was good. I mean, I was waiting for it, but, I mean, he just come cut everybody off, and it's just like, wow. I like it. So it's kind of interesting to sit there and watch all that stuff. And it, it kind of reminded you, like, why did we wait so long to come into the ramp? Uh, we should have probably came in a couple hours ago. Yep. I uh, I actually kind of got a goofy uh, boat ramp story. And I, I don't know, maybe maybe this is – I'm not sure if there's something that you're supposed to hit. But uh, we hooked up one of our jet skis to my mom's little Cadillac SUV. And we brought it over to the boat ramp. And I kicked her in reverse, and I started backing up, and it started beeping at me. And so I stopped, and I'm like, you know, what the hell? And obviously, you know, it's got those backup yep. sensors, and it's sensing that there's a jet ski and trailer back there. So I start going again, and I'm backing up, and it's beeping, and I'm just like, well, I'm just going to play through the pain and, you know, get all the way back there. And it locks up the locks up the brakes. You know, and I'm, oh, right, I'm, yeah. I'm moving decent, and all of a sudden, and <laughs> So everyone looks at me, and I'm like, well, what the hell? I, I don't know if there was a button I was supposed to hit or what, but, like, I flat out cannot back up, like, more than 10 feet. It's me and Grady did it, like, three times, and boop, every single time. I ended up just putting that sucker in neutral, and there was enough slope <laughs> on the whole entire – like, I backed up, like, 50 feet just in neutral, put her all the way in. So, I don't know. So, do you guys use your mirrors, or do you turn – look over your shoulder when you're backing the trailer up? I'm a turn over my shoulder and and look, but I've gotten better with the mirrors because I'm, I'm all mirrors. Are you? Can do yeah, you trust we, a backup camera? I uh, can't. I I just I I don't know on my pickup I have now. I don't know the depth perception is kind of goofy and it right. look if you look at the camera it looks like you're running over the car next to you. I mean it, yep. it's just it's hard to. I definitely don't trust it. I won't even back up into a parking spot. Like, I wanted that backup camera so much, and, you know, now i got to pick up that has one. I don't trust it. The only no. thing I'll nope. trust a backup camera for is is pulling into a trailer. And see, Emily, like, totally relies on that backup camera. She's just like, we get in their car, and she just puts it in there and starts looking back there, and I'll turn it, and I'll look, like, to the, our sides, and she's like, what are you looking at? I'm like, I'm trying to see if we're going to get T-bone coming up. It's like, if it happens on your side, it's not a big deal, but if it happens on my side, I don't want that happening. Yeah. <laughs> and she does. I mean, she just, like, when we back out of spot, like, parking spots, it's just like, she feels like it's a wide enough, you know, angle to the sides that she can see if there's cars coming from that way, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, we're going to, A, run somebody over or get run over. Yeah. I don't know. I don't trust it. But the worst, like I told, like with that guy that was backing the boat in with the boat on the trailer, I said, this is, I like I told my brother, I was like, well, if he's struggling, this is the easy part when the boat's on the trailer. The hard part is an empty trailer back there. 
and an you empty can't see it. jet ski trailer. Well, yeah. Holy shit. Then you really got to rely on like your mirrors and stuff. Yeah. And then that's when that comes into play. You still there, Craggy? Yes, sir. All right. Maybe he fell asleep. <laughs> well, I I didn't want to interject and no, you're and, uh, interrupt your stories. There. You're all good. You're all good. Craig, <laughs> you been doing any walleye fishing out there? Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, got a tournament coming up this weekend, Ooh. and so did a little pre-fishing last weekend. Been it's down on Angostura, South Rapid City, and uh, it's our. I guess last weekend was our second time out just pre-fishing for it. Um, it's three-man team, so it's going to be B-Cav, myself, and Dan Hogue is coming out for it to be Ooh. our third. So That's the three stooges. And, yeah, we, we uh, I tell you, we, this last Saturday, it took about three, three and a half hours of just pure struggling. To, to the point where I didn't know if I wanted to enter this tournament or not. Dude. I mean, I was just couldn't get anything put together. And then, um, then we swapped locations, swapped tactics, and I'm not going to tell you what, just in case any of my competitors are listening. But um, I tell you, all of a sudden we started getting things dialed in, and it got to where um, we actually put a hell of a we we just kind of kept track of what our our best fish for this tournament is you weigh in your six best fish and so we just figured out we we only ended up with five keepers that would have been keepers but uh last year when we fished the tournament um we out of 80 teams we ended up like 16th place i think something like that and we only had five fish well this year with the five fish we caught compared to last year's weights which i know that doesn't mean anything but just compared to last year's weight, would have put us in the top five. Really? And if we'd have got our six fish, I'm sure it'd have been top two anyway. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. It's uh, um, I'm excited. Got a little bit of confidence going into this weekend. We're going to pre-fish again Friday, so hopefully we can keep the same program going and and have a little bit of luck on uh, Saturday. But we'll see. Heck yeah. Would you? How, how many? How many lakes or rivers? west of the missouri river is there that actually hold walleye is is there is there i know that you talk about that lake up north of the black hills and that lake down south is that the only two real public bodies of water that that you can really get after walleye's west river um no there's a a shade hill which is even further north than ormond um that's a phenomenal walleye fishery but it's out by lemon south dakota just kind of in the middle of nowhere but it's a a real big body of water and it's got great fishing but it's gosh i want to say a three-hour drive i suppose from you um for me yeah. oh, wow and so but but it's good um otherwise the river uh there's other a lot of you know uh not Deerfield, sheridan lake and stockade have walleyes but to say you're going to go target them, I don't think you could really do that yet. Um, there's a, another small prairie dam called Curlew that has walleyes in it, and it's a pretty good walleye fishery, but I, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with that lake because I've had days where I could do no wrong, and I've had more often than not days where I could do no right. So um, I don't really go out of my way, and it's a lot of gravel to get there. So. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't spend a lot of time on it, but but Orman and Angostura are just phenomenal walleye fisheries. And and to show how good Orman is, they haven't stocked walleyes in there. I, I'm not going to get the date exactly right, but since the early '90s. Oh wow! Um, and and it gets hit hard every year. Uh, the one thing it has is a slot limit where you can't have anything between uh, 15 and 18 inches, and only one over 18 then. So, so it protects a lot of the fish. So, you know, we've had several days where you go up and catch 100 walleyes in a day, but 90 of them are going to be those slot fish, which I'm good with, you know, just as far as catching fish and building confidence. It's, yep. it's a great place to do that. So. Um, that's good, but then yeah, Ingastora has just historically always been a great walleye fishery. No. But it's the only the only lake that really has um, cabins around it, so it's got a lot of pleasure boaters too. So oh, yeah. Now, now um, from the outside looking in, obviously, like for Matt and I, when when you think about walleye fishing South Dakota, it's it's northeast South Dakota. You know, I mean, anywhere from from Brookings north, basically. But, I mean, I would say in the last couple of years, people are starting to find out that some of these lakes a little bit closer to Sioux Falls uh, are, are, are better walleye fisheries than, than what people really realize. Maybe you don't need to travel that far away from Sioux Falls to get on some really good walleyes. Would you say that, that West River, South Dakota is underrated or, or just because of the pure, I mean, you know, obviously you, you named off five, six lakes that West River that, that hold walleyes. You know, you can hit that in a 15-mile radius if you get north of Brookings. But would you consider West River underrated? Uh, underrated? No. I mean, no, I, I guess I wouldn't say it's underrated. It just, it's not great walleye fishing by any means. I mean, we have good walleye fishing, yes. But as far as uh, if anyone wanted to go walleye fishing, they would stop at the river at least, you know, because that's just such a better bite and so much more water and less chaos to deal with. Yeah. You know, that river fishing is so much fun and it's very easy to get away from any amount of a crowd at all. And, yep. and um, I mean, yeah, we have good walleye fishing West river, but it's, you're dealing with crowds and, and so there's uh, I call it kind of a community spot down on Angostura called the flats. And, um, it is, I guess I couldn't even guess how big of an area it is, but, you know, there's 75 boats on it on Saturday, and, and it's just kind of a neat area to fish because you can do anything you want. You can pull plugs through it. You can pitch jigs in it. You can bottom bounce. You can lindy rig. You can <laughs> slip bobber. And I bet, I'm willing to bet that all five of those things were happening last weekend and they were all catching fish but it's just a known enough spot that it gets hit hard and, and i mean i've i've been there fishing and someone's hit my boat with their jig before you know they're trying <laughs> to fish right underneath my boat for some reason i was on the spot i guess but it's like man it, it just it's nice to get away from that and you can't really do that on our lakes yep. yeah so now you're talking walleyes out there in the hills would walleye be considered the most underrated fish out there, or what do you consider the most underrated fish in the Black Hills? 
I, I still would say the lake trout just because people are always intrigued by it, but they're intimidated to go after it. And so, especially open water, there's not a lot of people that fish for the lake trout open water. Um, and I guess I just, I, I think uh, people, if they realize that, you know, it's not rocket science. Brian and I, we uh, used to go out. I had a little 14-foot tiller lund, you know, those open open boats. And we'd go out, and, and I had a two-and-a-half-horse motor, and we had 15, 20 fish days pretty regularly out of that boat. So um, it doesn't take a lot to do it, but people, I think, are just so intimidated that they, they just would rather go fish for the rainbow trout or something else and not even try and, and risk getting skunked even though um, it's not terribly hard this time of year so i guess i would say that they're a little underrated what do you think is the most underrated freshwater fish period here in the upper midwest underrated fresh my boy oh i i know what the most overrated fish is walleye LMB, buddy. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, no, I I guess I don't even know if I have. Uh, maybe, I, I don't know. I, I kind of got me stumped on that one. I was going to say the panfish, just because a lot of people don't do that around here. They're usually uh, just rainbow trout fishing or walleye fishing for the most part. But I know you go into Minnesota and, and the bluegill and crappie bites are uh, probably, I'm sure a lot of people, that's probably all they fish for. So I don't know if it really qualifies the entire Midwest, but in our area, I'd say the panfish are pretty underrated because it's uh, um, such a great time of year to be targeting them and a lot of people don't. I, I, I really think it is the bluegill and, and I think the crappie is, is held higher than the bluegill. But I think so many people look at bluegills as little kids fish. You know, I, I don't know why that is because I think it's it's the first fish that a lot of little kids catch. I will say in the last couple of years, I think, uh, you know, uh, up up by Ottertail County and, and guys like Ryan Salemi out in, in Wisconsin. And, and uh, uh, I do think that bluegills are, are gaining in popularity, especially the trophy bluegill. But I, I do still feel like, uh, um, for some reason, bluegills are kind of considered little kids' fish, whereas I do think uh, crappies are, are, you know, I, I don't know. And maybe it's just our area, but we've got a lot of walleye fishermen in our area. You know, all these guys that go out to, uh, go out to the river, go up to northeast South Dakota, you know, go up to Minnesota and go walleye fishing, and they would never in a million years tell their buddies that they went out and caught a limit of bluegills, but they'll brag about a limit of crappies. Right. And I mean, don't, don't you agree? I agree. For me, I think the most underrated one would be trophy pike. Yeah. I think because everybody gets pissed off at Northerns whenever you get, I mean, the walleye guys like, ah, damn Northerns. The bass guys are like, damn Northerns. You know, everybody's always that, but uh, those true trophy pike. I mean, dude, those are, those are fun to catch. So I yeah, think you I notice no one ever gets mad when people kill a big trophy northern pike too. Right. I'm, I I 
we always let them go just because it's like, man, I I would love to catch that fish in five years and and yeah, but they I I can buy into that too, Matt. I, I mean, they truly they're kind of the redheaded stepchild of the fishing industry, I suppose. I mean, they really like they really are. I mean, people. <laughs> It's not like a love-hate relationship. I mean, most people just hate the damn things. So. <laughs> Flat out. Yeah. But it's because of the little hammer handle ones that, I like, you catch a big trophy pike, I mean, they're, as weird as it sounds, are easier to handle than you get one of them, like, 20-inchers in there, and that thing is just all over the place, and your hands are all sliced up by the time you're done, and all your equipment is all tangled up, so. Is it because they actually stink? Uh, well, they got all the they got all the worst nicknames. You know, but like they actually stink. Like they stink well, different they than different. different fish. They have a different smell. They how yeah. does that happen? They come out of the same water. Well, it's all about their slime coat. I'm sure that we all, well, all three of us, know somebody that could explain that to us. So I think we might have to have him on sometime. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of, of slime, I got a funny story about him, and we don't. I won't have to tell it now, but eventually I'll tell you my Scotty Mac story, just because I know he's going to be listening to this. I mean. Are you going to take a couple shots at him? No, no, no. It's just a funny... You, you won't be surprised. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, I guess now I just might as well go into it. Ah, uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think you guys have done anything yet, so I'm not going to harp on him for being late for submitting a uh, a story for the Hook on Hardwater book. Um, have you guys given me anything on that yet? Negative. No. But I actually yeah, called I you about so. it two nights ago. Is that what you were calling about? Well, we we got this we got this Facebook uh, uh, group text going with uh, some of the Glacial Lakes boys and the Cox boys, and they started talking about it. So I was just going to call and pick your brain and see what a couple of the other people were were writing about because I uh, whatever. Go ahead. Well, so I I, I absolutely adore Scott McIntyre and. He he kept uh, saying, I'm going to get something put together. And I'm like, dude, all I need is a paragraph. That's all I'm looking for is just a paragraph. Apparently, he wanted Hooked on Hard Water Stories Volume 2 all to himself. Because <laughs> well, I finally got I think it. He, did. He, he told us that he wrote 3,000 words. words. <laughs> and I think somebody else's response was, I, I wrote did 300. 300. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He yeah, wrote a so. doctorate. Yeah, but I mean, it's such a phenomenal story. I I absolutely love it. And like I say, I adore Scott. And, and but as soon as he was, you could tell he was like struggling with when he's going to find time to put this together. I thought, oh my God, he's going to write a book. I know it, he is. I know he's going to write a book. That's just and in his did. DNA. You know, I I yeah. don't think that he can give a half-ass article. And nope. you know, I mean, and, and it was that, like Kurt's I, speech at at Hooked on Hardwater. You know, I mean, I think. Most people probably thought he was going to go up there and, and chat for a minute and a half, and it's like, that's not no. who you're dealing no. with here. That's not who yeah. you're dealing with. No, and, and like I say, it's it's phenomenal, and I am uh, so, so happy to have it, and, and I even emailed him back, and I mean, I'm just truly honored that he's a part of the program and, and that he's a friend because it's just such a good dude. That doesn't mean that we can't still hate his guts, but I mean. No, no, I mean, uh, you, you gotta have, as far as I'm concerned, you gotta have your honorary Twin Cities guy. That's so, exactly right. You know, it might as well be him. We've had, I mean, if you ever get into a sticky situation when you're in Minneapolis, you can drop his name and they're like, is that the tall guy? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you're good. 
Move along. Perfect. We've had Ask the Biologist. Maybe we should have Bash the Biologist. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I told you I want to do one where it's just no, wrong answers only. Just give Bat like wrong facts about fish. And you know he's listening just like, no, yelling at the speaker. Yep. That'd be good. <laughs> Craigie, uh, we're, we're getting to that point in the show. Uh, you got a good news story that you want to wrap up with? We're, we'll just wrap up the show with you on uh, and uh, and if you want uh, uh, your Scott Mockentune deal, that that can just be your good news story. Why don't you guys go ahead? Let me think. You you caught me off guard with that one. I, I wasn't okay. expecting the honor of having a good news story. So. Well, guess what? I caught myself off guard because I don't even have a good news story. <laughs> I do have home. a good news story. All okay. right, what is okay. it? It, it? It's a good news, but it's a humbling news story too. My daughter turned sixteen on Memorial Day, and you know how. That's such a surreal age for your kid to turn. And then, you know, you get alone uh, your daughter, and she's a pretty girl. And and uh, I, I don't know, it's just it's just so crazy to have, like, this young woman now. And I, I just, I'm, I, it's hard to look back and think uh, uh, it's been 16 years already. And, and I don't know, it's pretty... Pretty wild, but you know what she did for her 16th birthday? What's that? Went out and hung out with a boy and not even her family. And Like, that's oh. the hard part about it, too, you know, it's like... She went out and hung out with a boy? Yeah. What, did you have Peters in the driveway when she took off? He he volunteered to be there, and I said, <laughs> right now, so far, so good, but yeah, no, he... He's, he's the, did I ever tell you my Chris Peters story? <laughs> no, but I want to hear it. This might be the good news story that, that covers me and Matt. I, I absolutely love this. First time, her, her first boyfriend. So when I was down with COVID last year, was right at the beginning of school, and I'm down in the basement quarantined, sicker than hell, and... It's her first day of school. She yells down. She's like, Dad, I'm home. And I'm like, awesome. How was school? And she's kind of telling me about it. And she's like, all right, I'm leaving. I'm going out with the boy. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. And and I didn't have enough energy to show the kid my gun collection or anything <laughs> like that. And So a couple days later, uh, Peter's called to check in on me and see how I was doing. And I was like, you know, I think even worse than being sick is my daughter went and hung out with the boy. I mean, this was her first so-called date, and I'm like, I'm just not ready for that. And there was this long pause, and then he goes, Oiler, I'm not looking forward to killing again. <laughs> I'm like, huh? He goes, first damn effort that breaks your heart? He's dead. <laughs> I was like, all right, fair enough. He wasn't he joking. Truly, he wasn't joking. He, I don't think he was, but I mean, he truly loves my kids like they're his own. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, he just, uh, you know, the guy, you know, he's got a heart bigger than anybody else we know. And, and he, he just, I don't think he'll be able to bear the thought of Brooklyn having a broken heart. And, <laughs> He's got the solution for it, apparently. So, <laughs> if she ever brings a boy home to to meet you guys, you might want to just happen to have a cookout with all your buddies over there. And <laughs> I, I always go back to uh, 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 now. I can't think of the name of that movie with Will Smith. Bad and, Boys. Uh, 
bad boys. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's awesome. That scene. <laughs> that's the best scene in any movie. And anyway, I'm thinking Chris Peters and I could probably recreate that one pretty good. Oh, I think you guys could. <laughs> no, you got one, Matt. Oh, we had the Dice Fish Fry this last week. That's right. 96-year-old grandpa's kind of celebrated his birthday up there and had a whole bunch of people over there. So it's always a good time seeing the family and seeing grandpa and everything like that. He always looks forward to it every year. Nice. I got one. And, and then I don't know if this is a good news story or just kind of a funny story, but uh, uh, yesterday morning Grady had uh, oral surgery. His, uh, I don't know, canine teeth or eye teeth or I don't know, whatever the the front side teeth are, uh, weren't coming in quite right. So they actually like kind of had to cut them out and then they hook a chain up to them and, and strap them to his braces and then they slowly tighten it in to make sure that they come in right. Oh, his wow. mom actually had it too. So blah, 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 whatever, whatever. There you go. Uh, <laughs> So he, he gets out and he's a little bit loopy, you know, I mean, they had to put him under for this yeah. and he's a little bit loopy and him and his mom, uh, go to target. And, uh, I think she was going in to uh, fill a prescription for him and, uh, Grady started getting sick out in the car and, uh, he got out of the car and started puking on, in the parking lot. And I don't know why, but apparently at that point in time, he must've thought that he had to pee too. <laughs> <laughs> whipped it out right in the target parking lot his mom comes out of target and sees him peeing <laughs> freaking parking lot <laughs> but he was still, you know he's still loopier than i'll get out and <laughs> just freaking <laughs> letting her rip out in the parking lot yeah uh-oh a 17 year old scott was coming out in him <laughs> i told him like you know i i don't know how that works like i i mean i feel at that point in time you could probably get nailed with indecent exposure but i mean he's all looped up he didn't i don't even know if he knew which way was up he'd he'd never do that in a million years when he when he wasn't but i don't know i just he texted me that and i was like oh man that's too good does he remember that now uh I don't, I don't know that he really does. His mom, you know, walked out and was like, Grady, what the hell are you doing? And told him to get back in the car. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I asked him, I'm like, what were you thinking? And he's like, I, I don't know. I had to go. So, I don't know. That was that. So, oh man. Awesome. All righty. Well, uh, Craig, we appreciate you, uh, joining the show. That was episode, uh, 173 and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later, dude. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. See ya. Later. See ya.